Hello and welcome back to the show. So I am super excited here uh, to be interviewing my guest for today, Mike. And just to tell you guys a little bit about Mike, he has flipped over 80 houses by the age of 30 at a very young age. And he has also created multiple companies that has generated over a million dollars in revenue every year. And on top of that, he is also the founder of Real Estate Wealth Builders, which is a company helping other people learn how to build wealth and uh, residual income uh, in real estate, as well as a best-selling author. Um, so this gentleman has accomplished quite a few uh, things in uh, really a short period of time. So he has definitely a lot to share as far as the journey of being an entrepreneur, the journey of being a real estate investor, and also different avenues when it comes to investing in real estate and uh, how to jump between them and how to juggle them at the same time as well. But Mike, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you, man. Very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. No, absolutely. We're excited to have you. And uh, just before we get started on on anything, you know, would you mind just kind of sharing your story a little bit, telling us a little bit about, you know, how you were able to accomplish all of these things by, you know, only age 30? Yeah, so I'm very blessed, kind of, you did a really great job to intro, like you said, I, I buy, fix and flip houses, we do about 20 houses per year up in Michigan. You know, I now live in South Carolina, so I flip houses virtually. I have over 60 apartment rentals that pay me every single month. Um, and very blessed to have an amazing team and systems and processes in place to allow me to do that. Um, so like you said, like what got me into it? Um, so something I truly, really believe in is mindset because what separates where you are at today from where you want to be in the future is really all in your head. I promise you. You know, it, like I, I, I coach so many people and they didn't even realize like things that were possible, right? Um, like we bought, like one of my, I bought an 11 unit apartment building, my first apartment. I bought it with no, none of my own money because I found the deal and I found the guy with the money. I managed the rehab and, you know, now this thing's worth a half a million dollars more than what we paid for it. Um, and I tell that to people and they're like, oh my God, like there's no way, right? But I'm like, no, it's totally a way. Like there's people out there with money, you know, so I want to kind of take a step back and talk about mindset. Um, so when I was 13 years old, I was actually diagnosed with a, a, a disease called Crohn's disease, which is kind of like an ulcer in your stomach. So like every time you ate, um, you kind of like it hurts really bad. And I was on uh, 16 different medications every single day. Um, I was supposed to go to hospital once a month. They hooked up to an IV. Um, and it that taught me a lot that life is very precious, that um, you know, it, tomorrow isn't always promised and that take life very seriously. Um, because, you know, when you're a young man, you know, 13 years old, young kid, and, um, you know, you could like break your leg and then like a week later, go run a marathon because you heal like Wolverine, like just instantly. Right. Like, like life is like, uh, amazing. So that experience really taught me how, how precious life is. And from 13 to 16, I was on that route. Um, and then I uh, fell in love with Jack Canfield's work, um, like uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul is one of his biggest things. Uh, I watched uh, the movie The Seeker 18 times uh, in a three-year span because there's a lady who was on there um, who had breast cancer and uh, with no medication, but eating right, working out, uh, you know, just being in a good state of mind, believing that you're healed. Um, she was able to overcome cancer with no medication, with nothing else, no radiation. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's so cool. If she can do it, I can do it, right? Um, 
And then from 16 cents, and I actually just turned 31 a few days ago. So I don't know, going on 15 years now, I've not been to the doctors, I haven't taken any medication. Um, and I would say with mindset and God on my side, um, I was healed myself, right? So at a young age, it, it told it, I learned how powerful uh, your your mind is and what you say, um, um, you know, positive, negative things, how it can affect your life. Um, so from 30, from I, I've, I've worked my whole entire life. Uh, so, you know, at 16 years old, I'd started working at McDonald's, the legal limit you can work at, uh, was just 20 hours a week of going to school, 35 hours a week, and then working 20 hours a week. And I realized like even working that much for $6 and 55 cents an hour at the time, you know, I, I had my car, my insurance, uh, my gas, my cell phone, and I had a girlfriend and I was like broke. And that's when I discovered the rat race. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm working 20 hours a week and I don't really have any bills. Like I don't have a mortgage to pay. I don't have health insurance. I'm not really paying for food. I'm living at home with mom and dad and I'm still broke. Like this is not scalable. This is not sustainable. Like I can't live off minimum wage. So um, at a young age, it kind of taught me like I need to go go for it and um, not have not you know work and live on a minimum wage income. Yeah. So that's a really, I would say a really cool story that you have. And um, because you basically kind of took the journey, I think a lot of people go through in their like maybe mid thirties or forties, uh, but you went through it when you were 13 years old, right? Because you discovered yeah. that life is precious based on a, based on an experience that's, you know, most people consider it uh, negative, but you really were able mm -hmm. to kind of turn it around based on, I'll just say your attitude towards it and kind of how you were able to, uh, to approach the situation. So walk us through that maybe a little bit. Um, so I don't know a lot of 13 year olds, but were 16 year olds that has watched a secret even once. And you say you watched it like yeah. a million times. So, mm -hmm. you know, what was it that kind of grabbed, you know, that grabbed your attention about the secret and, and these kind of different ways of, of thinking, because I, I would think as a 13 year old, um, that's not something that appeals to, uh, you know, mo most, most people. Yeah, no. And that's very true. And honestly, so it's funny you said that. So <laughs> that experience was the biggest blessing that's ever happened in my life. And most people take it as a negative, um, but I was able to turn it into a positive um, because my back was against the wall. Uh, like when you're going through this, it, it I lost uh, um, like, I think like 20 pounds and I'm a short guy, I'm five foot six. And, you know, like losing 20 pounds at, you know, 13 years old is a lot of weight because it was more painful to eat than it was to not eat. So I was just starving myself because I didn't want to go through the pain. Every time I'd eat, I'd be in the bathroom um, for hours, you know, just pain like that. Like I came, I had my come to Jesus moment in the bathroom. I seriously was like, you know, I would rather die than live this way. Like no joke. So um, I think, and that taught me a lot too, when your back's against the wall, like your true colors come out. Like, are you fight or flight? Are you going to do everything you can? And, and, you know, I don't, I didn't know anyone who overcame Crohn's disease with positive mindset, and eating right and exercise. It's a disease you have for the rest of your life. But I'm like, I, it's this or the life I have now. And that's not acceptable to me. So I'm going to go for it. And, um, and, you know, I, 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 at that point, and I feel like I had no, there was no other, like, what could I do? Just, just like lay over and die basically. So. And that's a great attitude to have, I think, for for any any problems, either big or small, uh, in, in in this world that we all experience, right? It doesn't matter if 
you know, we have, you know, most serious issue in the world, uh, or something small happened to us, it's always just kind of based on our attitude. Um, we can turn something that's very, very small, very insignificant into a huge issue that let us overtake us. Or we can do what, you know, people like you are doing, which is, you know, taking it in as, you know, almost treating it as a blessing and, you know, figuring out ways to better improve your life and eventually, you know, leading it, leading you to become a success in real estate uh, that you are today. So kind of, you know, on that note, you know, would you say, you know, kind of overcoming a lot of that at a very, very young age, kind of dealing with some serious, serious health issues, um, you know, would you say that kind of helped you maybe transition better into being an entrepreneur? You know, I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't say made it, maybe made it easier, but did it, you know, maybe make it a little bit easier for you to deal with some of the issues in the business world because you dealt with those issues in the past? Yeah, so um, I realized that all the problems I go through every day in my real estate, you know, we have six houses right now that we're flipping. They're for sale right now. And any problem we have with the house is not a real problem. All it is is a money problem. It's not a life-threatening problem. It's like it's like fake problems, if that makes sense. It's not life-threatening. It's not life-altering. I'm The worst case, I lose a little bit of money. I mean, that's the worst case scenario. I mean, and when you take a step back and you can, I think a lot of people get, tunnel vision and you magnify these problems like oh my god all these things that could go wrong but i'm like is it really that bad you know and i i know now i can crawl myself out of any situation i put myself in right um you know if i have to go fix up the house myself i will right if i have to make phone calls and find new contractors and find new lenders and investors and network and like i'll do whatever it takes to crawl myself out of any hole i put myself in and i believe kind of going through that experience did help me realize that um, and then just realizing too, that the problems that I have in my business life really aren't real problems, um, that people have, a, you know, way worse than me. They walk every day for dirty water in other countries. And that's a normal, you know, everyday life occurrence for me. I'm just worried about how much money I'm making bills are paid foods on the table. And, um, so I think I just kind of realized, you know, that my problems aren't real problems. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good attitude to have towards, you know, towards your business. And, you know, you train a lot of people um, as well in, in real estate and in business. So when you, when you're, I guess like when you're training people and when they run into issues, maybe they haven't gone through as severe of an experience as you had at such a young age, you know, do you feel that a lot of times, you know, just from maybe your perspective that maybe even, especially I would say newer investors or people who are newer in business, but even people who have been in business for a while, that they do treat problems maybe a little bit more, uh, a little bit more serious than it actually is, and that actually hinders their performance to solve those problems. So, very good question. Everyone in anything they start off in, I feel like, like a lot of new real estate investors, they think the world's always falling apart. The the like like the steel's gonna fall apart. Like I'll never forget this one. I helped out my buddy Brandon and a deal he had up in Boston and. He was like, oh my God, the seller's not gonna show like not gonna sell me the property. Like after he got on a contract, trust me, he wants to sell it. He's older, he wants to get rid of it. And then he was like selling it. He's like, the buyer's not gonna show up. I'm gonna be stuck with this property. There's the buyer's not gonna come to the closing table. I'm gonna be there all alone. I'm like, don't worry about it, they'll show up. Like, and I see a lot of that with new people. Like they kind of because you don't know what you don't know. You don't, you, you know, and you're you're thinking, you're worried about all these problems that aren't real problems or things that aren't going to really come to fruition. 
Uh, and that's what people really get analysis paralysis. I see a ton of analysis paralysis. Um, and what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur is going out, taking chances, um, you know, being willing to fail, um, and then learn from those failures and, and then just keep going. And then, and you're, and I tell everyone, your first property is your hardest property. It's the scariest. Like, I'll never forget my first property. I was like sweating bullets. I like, it felt like a flashbang, uh, grenade went off and I was like, Oh my God, I just made the worst financial decision in my whole entire life. Like, what am I doing? And then, cause I didn't know what was behind drywall. I didn't know it was two by fours, 16 inches apart, insulation, plumbing, electrical. I had no idea, but I just like, you know what? I'll figure it out. I'll go on. Thank God for YouTube, how to tile. I'm going like YouTubing everything and just figure it out like a step at a time. Um, and that's what it takes to be, you know, successful is be willing to take action, learn from it. And then what I highly, highly, highly recommend doing is, especially in the real estate space, we're very blessed, but um, I'm sure in a lot of spaces, um, go to your events in your industry events. Like I, I go to real estate events all the time. I'm throwing my actually first one at Key West in a week. And, um, you know, I go to marketing events like, you know, Russell Brunson's ClickFunnels. Like I go to all these different events and you get to learn and grow from people who have overcame problems that you're currently in. And to them, it's so small, right? Like when someone comes up to me with a single family house, like, Oh no, like this little problem, like, dude, that's, that's nothing. Don't worry about that. That's like, you know, um, so it's always good to surround yourself with people who are at where you want to be and uh, you know, ask them for advice because they're going to like shine some light and be like, trust me, it's not a big deal. I'm going to help calm you down. Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, that's, that's a, you know, that's the struggle, right? When they haven't been through something, they see it as the end of the world if, you know, something goes wrong. But for people who have been through it, you know, they can look back and, you know, you, you say, you know, time heals everything, right? So you look back and you're like, oh, yeah. that wasn't such a big issue uh, at the point that I was stressing out so much about this. And now looking back, it's, it's not such a big deal and it's easily solvable. Uh, but you do have to go through that struggle process, right? So you have to, I yeah. think, as you know, as an entrepreneur, especially in real estate, you have to be able to take action with the best intent, expecting the best to happen, but also being able to accept different, you know, ACCP prepare for the worst, yeah, the worst, right? yeah, the worst situation as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. So, kind of pivoting a little bit uh, on the topic. So, you mentioned that you are currently doing a lot of uh, virtual flipping. So, this is probably something that I think a lot of people might be interested in or might be, you know curious about how that might work you know we've heard about mm -hmm. virtual wholesaling but how, how are you flipping virtual uh flipping properties virtually uh, across state lines how, how how does that system how does that process look very good question so it's first start off in my own backyard I'm, like i said i'm from michigan metro detroit and um i was born there and i got sick of the cold and it, i got to a point where um, I flipped so many houses, it gets boring, it gets repetitive. I've seen a thousand moldy houses, you know, I've, I've flipped over 80, maybe I don't even know how much it is. I got to update 90 something, maybe a hundred houses, whatever it is. And I got to a point where it was like really boring. Cause it's just, uh, I've McDonaldized the whole flipping, um, system. So I created a 350 line Excel spreadsheet of all my materials. Um, I get from a home Depot and I, and so I know exactly like all of our houses look the same. I took the McDonald's Big Mac, you know, the same the concept of anywhere you go, New York, you know, to Chicago, to LA, Miami, Russia, wherever, it's the same ingredients, it tastes the same. 
Um, so that's what I did to our houses. It's the same flooring, doors, trim, cabinets, paint, everything. Um, and that um, eliminates a lot of change orders. Um, you know, it saves a ton of time. My contractors know exactly which products to get. Um, and it's so now all my contractors, uh, it's funny, I just sent them an address, 123 Pleasant Street, four weeks later, the house is done. And we're ready to list the house like it it's gotten to kind of boring and i'm very blessed to have done that and i have an amazing team so i have i brought on a partner a year and a half ago his name's david he's my boots on the ground and he can take 100 photos of a house and now he's really good at estimating renovation costs but um he can take 100 photos of a house uh we have an app and i can see it and so i go through i'm like okay i'm gonna replace this 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 you know maybe a forty thousand dollar rehab so within like three minutes, we can come up with how much it's going to cost to renovate it. I have Olivia, who's in my uh, company. She's my office manager. She does all the paperwork for the title companies, lists our houses, uh, pulls comparables. So we're like, hey, Olivia, uh, we're going to, we got, you know, we can maybe buy this house for a hundred thousand. We're going to put 40,000 into it. What is it going to be worth when it's done? She's pulling comps. Okay. It's going to be worth about 200,000. Okay, cool. So we're 200 closing costs, fees, everything. We'll make 30,000, you know, add it to the conveyor belt and we'll buy it. Um, so that's how the process, um, you know, that's the, our flipping process, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And I, I, I like what you said there about you McDonaldized the process of flipping, mm -hmm. right? Because that eliminates a lot of the, I'll say the guessing and the, I'll say the, um, the variables involved in flipping. And so you guys are doing this across every market, right? So this will be essentially applicable um, across every market, or is this only in the specific market that you guys are flipping in? Good question. So um, we are in two counties really in Michigan, because we have three crews and they could, they, you know, drive around there. Um, and then now I've been buying multifamily apartments. Um, so that is what we're doing more virtually like i bought a 19 unit in august of this or this year last year and a couple months ago and i don't know any contractors i don't know the market so this is kind of this was kind of fun for me i had to interview 25 different contractors so it's funny everyone asks like how do you find a good contractor i, I called two and none of them called me back i'm like well yeah i'm no different i called 25 in two days that's all i did i blocked out 16 hours of work and i called 25 contractors right and um, and that was fun for me because it's like, I still haven't met the contractor in person and he's renovating five of the units right now. I'm actually going to go up there in a few weeks to go look at it and check out the project. You know, he sends me photos. Um, but yeah. And then you know, I actually had just had an offer accepted this morning on, you know, 44 units in Kentucky and, you know, same thing. I don't know anyone out there, but th the thing is, like, and I tell everyone like the skills that you're learning along the way of like, like I teach a lot in like marketing, you know, finding discounted properties, uh, capital, raising money for your, your, your deal. And then project management, like these skills are needed in any industry, marketing, uh, capital and project management. You can take these to any industry and be successful. And the nice thing is maybe you start off in single family houses and you start off with one and then you learn these skills and you can do two. And then now we're doing 20 a year. And then now I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm bored of this let's go do apartments. It's the same thing, just more zero stuff making, you know, 30,000 a house for making $600,000 a building. And um, so it's a lot of the same concept. It's just floors, doors, trim, cabinets. And it's just uh, taking the same skills I've, I've refined for 10 years and now just take them to a, a different sector. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I think for, you know, 
for every business, right? It's applicable, right? Those three skill sets, marketing, capital raising, and project management, right? It's pretty much across the board that yeah. you need those three skill sets. It uh, doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, so as far as, you know, you know, you're teaching a lot of, uh, you know, newer flippers or newer uh, real estate investors, what, what would your advice to be, you know, for them to either focus on, you know, would you, would you give them the same advice that, you know, to focus on systems in the beginning, or should they just try to be figuring things out first? And then as they figure out what works, then document that and then, you know, and then turn into a system. Cause I think for a lot of people, uh, they might be trying to systemize things too early uh, and then end up systemizing something that doesn't even work. Right. So good question. So there's like <laughs> two things. Everyone knows, uh, What's that like the uh, procrastination? It's like um, when you keep like researching something over and over and over again, just procrastinating, right? Like trying to get it perfect. I, I heard this one saying, and it said it perfect. It says like um, uh, sloppy success is better than perfect mediocrity. So like sloppy success is better than perfect mediocrity. Going out there and trying it, you're going to figure it out. Like you can't build a system if you've never flipped a house on how to do it. You got to like first do it, right? The first thing is like get one. And whatever you do too, I see a lot of people, um, they're trying, it's funny, they're like, they want to flip houses. Like, I'm going to get my real estate license so I can go flip houses. I'm like, you don't need a real estate license to go flip houses. And then they get stuck being a realtor and they never buy a flip. I see this so many times. And then people who are like, I'm going to flip, I'm going to wholesale, I'm going to sell real estate, I'm going to do apartments, I'm going to do all these, you know, different things. It's like, none of it's going to work out, I promise you. Trust me, I've tried. That's why I know that. Like stick with one thing until success. What I did is I flipped 40 houses before I bought my first rental. Usually I see a lot of flippers are like, they flip a house and they'll try to buy a rental. I'll flip two houses, try to buy a rental. I flipped 40 houses before I bought a single rental because I, I got all the systems and process in place. I need a cash money machine. I needed... I didn't have a job. I actually retired my father through this uh, industry as well. He was my project manager. I brought him on. I had to make sure he made six figures a year, only worked 20 hours a week. So I wasn't worried about rentals trying to make 200 bucks a month per house. Like I was worried about, you know, making $35,000 as fast and as many times as possible. And until I got to a point to where I was hiring people to then do my position for me, and then I was spending very little of my time on that, uh, business. Then I focused on buying rentals. And in the last three years, I've bought 60 rentals, more than most people who have tried to flip a house, then buy a rental, try to flip a house, buy a rental. I stayed focused on something. Now I got a 44, you know, in a contract. So I'll be at over a hundred rentals. Right. Um, and then we're able to, you're able to grow a lot faster just by focusing on one thing, focus on one course of action until success, the acronym for focus. And, um, and become the best at it because you're you're in competition with a lot of other investors in your market and um, you have to be the best and know your numbers know the area like i knew you know the zip codes where we flip in how much you know the you just tell me an address how many uh square feet bed and bathroom i'll tell you what the house is worth it right so like i just got to that point where i was like the best in my market um so i recommend sticking uh you know whatever course you, you want to do it doesn't even have to be real estate but just become the very best in it then also network i if i was in my home office i'm traveling right now i have 50 different lanyards of i would hold it up 50 different lanyards over the last eight years i spent over a hundred thousand dollars on real estate and marketing education um and i travel the the country all the time um 
learning from the best people, right? So always like invest in yourself. Yeah. And um, so that's, that's actually a really good point because, you know, a lot of people, they don't necessarily like to go to these events, right? They don't necessarily network a lot. Uh, but there's a lot of people on the flip side of things who go to a lot of events and then get nothing out of it. So just from your experience, right? How would you, you know, what would you tell somebody who is, you know, planning to go to these educational events, planning to invest in themselves um, to, you know, essentially get actually something out of every event instead of just kind of going to the events and then, you know, maybe having a good time and partying there, but not really, not really getting anything out of it. So what would your advice be, you know, after going to all these different networking events? So one, take notes. So this is something I, I learned from some very early on. And I take notes. I write word for word. I was at a, a four-day event, and I turned it a 27-page Word document of notes. I literally write word for word. What some of the, I've heard that the most successful people, um, you know, take very detailed notes. So uh, if you go there, take notes because you're going to leave if if you don't, and you're going to forget half of it in three days. And this is something I, I heard. I thought it was very interesting. Um, so we're in a room when I was in one of my those classes and there's a hundred people and she's like, half of you are taking notes. The other half of you is already out. You're, you're, you're done. Half of you is taking notes. The other half will review the notes, right? So at least 25 people. Of those 25 people, um, like half of you are going to implement it. So it's only 12 and a half people, right? And then uh, of the people who implement it, only six are going to have some success with it. And only one or two are actually going to be extremely successful, right? The other six are going to like dabble, but only one or two is going to become extremely successful with it. And that's what I notice about these events. Like, it's kind of funny, the 80-20 rule, I'm sure you've heard. I would say 80% of the people I see who come to these events, they come there, they have a really good time. They may or may not take notes, but they do not implement it. They don't do the hard work. It does take a lot of hard work to be successful. Um, but I take very detailed notes. Um, and what I actually do is I go a step further. So if I got 27 pages, then I have another Word document of me putting the taking things out that I'm going to implement in my business and making an action plan from first to last what I need to do. Um, and then I do it. So instead of just going there, having fun and not taking notes, and then you leave and you're like, that was great. Uh, yeah, it was a great dopamine rush, but I didn't take anything from it. I'm taking notes and then I'm uh, taking those notes and creating a step-by-step -step action plan, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think that's what people need to be doing, right? If they're going to events, it's not just so much listening and you know taking it in, but also, like you said, making an action plan, right? And do it, obviously do it pretty immediately, like at the event, or you're not going to, you're not going to do it when you get home exactly. or, you know, on the road, on the, on the way back. So that's definitely, then, I would say something to do. And then another great thing, which in the beginning, I didn't network a lot. I was really focused on my business, um, like growing it. Right. I didn't network. I was like quiet. And I'm just like, I need to make money, which is fine. Now I focus more on the networking side because especially like in these, where I'm at now, like buying, you know, multifamily apartment buildings, it's, it's a team sport. You know, we need to raise $600,000 for this property that we just put on a contract this morning. And where's that money going to come from? It's going to come like from my friends and family and the people I've met from these events as well. Um, and the nice thing is too, from just so many like one-off conversations I've had with people who are way more successful than me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I take like that one thing and then like, no joke, 
first uh, six years ago, we implemented one thing we do to like how we get our houses ready for sale. And every year we make an extra $100,000 per year from implementing, you know, one little system that someone said, like, it was like a five minute conversation offhand. And I was like, oh my gosh. So you add that up for the last seven years, that's $700,000 I've made extra from just listening to someone else, what they do. And I'm, oh my gosh, how can I apply this to my business? And then I, I, I do it. Um, so I love going there and networking with people who are like way more successful than me. And you take those little nuggets and, um, you know, those are always like, always help your business. Right. Always be, you know, looking for people who've done things that you want to do. Right. So that way they can teach you, they can teach you things that you're not currently doing. And these are not like, you know, you don't have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for courses or anything. You can just, like you said, just network and be open-minded and, um, and, and I do think a lot of people, especially in their kind of like, once they start getting a little bit of success and momentum, they tend to kind of shut themselves off from the world, uh, if that makes mm -hmm. sense, to really focus yep. on their business. And, uh, you know, I'll say it's good that there's an amount of focus there, but, you know, maybe you can touch on that a little bit is how to balance that, right? How to balance your your focus versus networking, right? Is there like, do you have like a strategy uh, as far as, you know, maybe allocating a certain amount of time intentionally for networking or is it just you're trying to look for as many opportunities as you can uh you know kind of during during your year during your during your free time yeah so you know when you first start off i was working in the business i was doing all the paperwork i'm finding the houses like so i was really busy with that um and i've learned so much like about networking um it's it's so funny people like <laughs> And, and like marketing yourself. So I need to figure out the math, but I know I've made over a million dollars just from Facebook by documenting my journey on Facebook, by taking my cell phone out saying, Hey, everyone, my name's Mike Menino. We're going to go through this house, rip out the cabinets, the floors, the doors, and the trim. It's going to look awesome when we're done with it. And if you or someone, you know, has a house they want to sell, give me a call. And I did that for every single house. I would make three videos, the beginning, the middle, and the end. Right. And um, by doing that, I've, and this is awesome. Like, this is like a higher leverage networking because it's instead of just like one to one, which is great, I believe that. But this is also like one to many networking. And I would post these videos like in maybe small Facebook groups, local ones. And I became known as like my city is like Waterford Flip Kings, right? Anytime someone had a house to sell in Waterford, they'd call us, right? And we had like little banners in front of our houses all over the city. And, uh, and all over Facebook and be goofy photos of like me with a crown, like the Waterford Flip King is really funny. And by doing that, I built a brand of, uh, of that. And I've had, I just had a conversation, gosh, maybe a few months ago now. And he says, and this is so funny. The guy reached out to me on Facebook and he has a photo. He hasn't changed in years. It's a photo of his daughter when she was a baby. Now she's a teenager. He's never posted anything. I didn't know we were friends. I don't know who he is. He's never liked anything of my stuff. And he says, uh, we get on a call together. He says, Mike, um, I have a problem. I've been seeing your journey for four years and I love absolutely everything you're doing. And I was like, wow, I had no idea you existed till this call. This is, you know, I have a few million dollars uh, I want to invest because inflation's eating away, you know, my money sitting at the bank and I want to invest in your real estate deals. Do you have any real estate deals? And I was just like, right? Like one person, one connection. And it was because of like one to many networking. It was because every, like if you follow me on Facebook, we're, we're posting three reels a, a week. You know, I'm constantly posting almost every day, sharing my life, sharing the journey. And I'm building, um, 
you know, a brand and people, they feel like they know me. And I get, every time I jump on a phone with someone who's followed me, they're like, Mike, I feel like I know you at this point. And, um, and I think that right there is like, that it helps. It's so much leverage because I'm finding people send me properties. People are giving me money to buy more properties. Right. Cause, um, they got money sitting in the Chase bank account, earning $2 a month, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, they need a retirement. So I'm helping them, you know, invest in, in rentals for that. Um, so in the beginning, like I said, I, I was really focused on like building my business. And now that I've, I can work on my business instead of in it and do the day-to-day -day stuff where I can have time and freedom to go on podcasts like this and help and educate and, you know, do, you know, post on social media and, um, and communicate with my network that way. And, um, that that's like a, a better use of time and lever for me, um, than, um, you know, just working inside your business where, when I had to be though, cause you know, I needed to create that money and I didn't have the money to hire a team at the time. Right. I love the story that you told about the, uh, the individual who reached out to you, um, after following your journey for four years, because I think a lot of people, they don't post on social media. I would just cross the board, right. Agents, investors, people who own other businesses, they, you know, maybe they don't post on social media or maybe they, they post a little bit here and there and then they don't mm -hmm. see the 100,000 followers. They don't get like a million likes on their posts and they're super discouraged, but that's not the point, right? The point is not to become this huge influencer. The point is there's people watching you, even if they're not present as far as liking or commenting on your photos. And that's, that's what you want is. I want to talk to that too, but sorry, I started to interrupt, but. It's so funny. In the beginning, I was get my first video, I get 350 views. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so amazing. I got 350 views. I got 350 people who saw this video. And other people are like, oh my God, that's nothing. Like, I didn't get the millions of views. I'm like, I had I made a three-minute video. It took me three minutes to make, just you know, before I you know I did before I did editing. I had 350 people. Now I get like a couple thousand, like one to three thousand per video, which I'm like. And I'm doing that three times a week. That means I have like 9,000 people per week watching my videos. Like to me, that's amazing. You don't, I heard this at Russell Brunson's event, very successful couple. They said, if you get a hundred people to know, like, and trust you, you're, 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 you never have to worry about money. Your, your bills are, are covered. Like you just need a hundred people to know, love, and trust you. You get a thousand people to know, love, and trust you. You'll have so much money. You won't, you won't even know what to do with it. You don't need millions and millions of people. You only need a hundred people and then a thousand people. And that's my goal is to, you know, I'm, I'm feel like I'm working on my first 100. I might be there right now. Um, and then once I get to a thousand, that'll be a like Grant Cardone. We can go buy any building we want after that. Right. Um, but it, it, it's really that simple. You just only need a few. Don't worry about millions of views. Right. I love that. I love that. And, you know, even, you know, in your case, you know, that one person, right. Would you say it's, you know, I'll say it's worth it just posting for four years, just one person wanting to invest. Right. Cause it's not, you know, it, it's effort, but it's not like, you know, you're not looking for, like you said, the millions and millions of people you're looking for the few exactly. who want to work with you. Right. You're, you're trying to accomplish a different goal than maybe the content creators or the influencers. Exactly. Uh, that are, I'm not selling active. a $12 product. Right. Where I need like millions of people to buy it. Right. You know, these are multi-million dollar properties and we only need a handful of people to go buy it with us. So that that's exactly it. Right. Absolutely. Well,
Mike, I want to thank you for being on the show today. You shared a lot of value with us and I want to thank you for that. Um, so for anybody who uh, wants to follow your journey, uh, you know, wants to follow your social media pages, you know, what are some of the best places for people to keep up with you and, you know, what you're doing? Yeah, so I have a, um, if you're interested in fixing and flipping houses, uh, this is uh, a free video I made, how to find a house, how to rehab it and renovate it and how I made $55,000 on the property. I just documented the whole journey of it. It's a free training I made. Um, and then inside of there uh, is a link to my free Facebook group, Real Estate Wealth Builders, so you can join it. Um, I'm in there, I post almost every day and I'll answer any of your questions. Um, and my name's Mike Menina. I have a black and white photo on Facebook. I have like 12 or 13,000 followers right now. And that's probably the best way to get in contact with me. And um, so if you're interested in that, you can go to uh, 55kdeal.com. Uh, so it's 55kdeal.com. And um, yeah, free training. Uh, and then we also do uh, every single month, I do a free three-day event, how to find, fund, and renovate properties as well. Um, just a way to, to give back. And um, I have a, a ton of fun with it, so. That's awesome. So we'll make sure to leave that in the description, in the show notes down below. And uh, so make it easier for people to reach you. Uh, but Mike, I want to thank you again for being on the show today. Really appreciate your time. And, um, you know, before I let you let you off here, you know, was there any last pieces of advice, any last tips you want to leave with us? You know, um, there's one book I really like, and I, I've said his name early in this podcast, but it's Jack Canfield it's called The Success Principles. Um, and I love it because it's a very entrepreneurial. So what it is, is a bunch of parables of, of entrepreneurs going through struggles and how they overcame those struggles in their business. And it's just a, a, a great um, way to overcome. Uh, you see people creatively overcome problems inside of their business and uh, look for solutions instead of just like, what was me? The world, you know, the economy is not as good uh, where people go out and take action and think outside the box. Um, to become extremely successful. So I love that book. It's called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. If you are an entrepreneur, I highly, highly, highly recommend reading it or audiobook. I love the audiobook. Um, so that's that's my last piece of advice. That's awesome, Mike. Well, thank you for being on the show. And I want to thank you for tuning in. And we will see you guys on the next show. Take care.